You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And fans, boy, we got a packed show for you today, so let's get right to it. NFL recap and preview for this week. A little bit about ring ceremony of our Milwaukee Bucks. Boy, long time coming, 50 years in the making, finally raised the banner. Preseason preview of the NBA. And then, boy, we got an interesting trading card scenario. I know it's been a while, but... We got something for you, but first to the NFL recap and preview for this upcoming week. Danny, boy, the NFL didn't disappoint last week. Uh, You had the likes of the Buccaneers prevailing over the Eagles on Thursday night football last week. And then, I mean, you just had a plethora of great games last week, man. The Dolphins against the Jaguars, the Jags getting their first victory in London. Come on, man. And then, man, this rivalry is always intriguing. The Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers. And, man, Aaron Rodgers just went ahead and put the belt on them. Um, Discount (laughs) double-check belt. uh, And then have a few choice words to say to some fans afterwards after that final touchdown, uh, the dagger touchdown. So, man. That rivalry is great. Green Bay prevailing 24-14. And then I would say, Danny, you know, the interesting game, and I wish this game was actually being played later in the day. The San Diego, excuse me, the L.A. Chargers against the Baltimore Ravens. And that game was played at 1 o'clock where across the country. Uh, to play at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I really was hoping that game would be later in the day because I really wanted to see both teams uh, at their optimal playing level, uh, quite honestly, because that, to me, would have been a great game. But the Ravens blew them out, man, 34-6. to mm-hmm. uh, L.A. was asleep walking through all that. And then uh, – and I would say this, Danny, you know, this Monday night game, that was between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. What an interesting game. I don't know about that last play call uh, by the Buffalo Bills at, what was it, the one, two-yard line mm-hmm. to get, maybe just get the first down. And I understand the play call, but then again, I think I probably went with it with a different play. But – you have a 6'5", 6'6", quarterback, you think you would get maybe a few inches there uh, close to a yard to get the first down. But, man, Derrick Henry just ran all over these cats, man. Come on, man. 20 carries for 143 yards and three touches. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry is just going all over them, man. So, interesting week uh, of the NFL uh, last week. What say you? Jason, the Ravens-Chargers game, I didn't expect the Chargers to get 
stomp like that. I, I thought it would be a little closer. The Ravens are on a um, hot streak. They have the Bengals coming up. So uh, that was a statement game, I thought, for the Ravens to take it to the Chargers like that. The Buffalo-Tennessee <laughs> Titans game, that shows that Buffalo doesn't trust their running backs, I, for one. I know Josh Allen does do a lot of quarterback sneaks. And honestly, I thought they were just going to kick the field goal and go overtime because they, they could score on Tennessee. I just didn't, unless they just didn't feel like dealing with Derrick Henry anymore because he did crush them in that game. So uh, there was an interesting spot before that fourth, that fourth and goal where Josh Allen did scramble and he landed. It looked like he had the first down, but they spotted him just short, which then led to the uh, fourth and goal stopped by the Tennessee Titans on the Buffalo Bills. My Falcons had a bye, so I had some relief last week where I didn't have to stress out watching them in the fourth quarter. Uh, so they're back in action this weekend. And then a lot of the other games, man, they were – can I just tell you the Carolina Panthers? I know they don't have McCaffrey, but didn't I tell you after they went three and zero, they'd be coming back to the pack. They're three and three now, so that's good for us from a Falcons perspective because we need them to come back and uh, not get too far away from us. Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay, but we need to hang with New Orleans and Carolina. So let me let me ask you this, Danny, real quick, man. Yeah, about Carolina. So. With McCaffrey being out, this is like the second, third year in a row that he has missed significant time in the regular season. Mm -hmm. Are we putting too much stock into McCaffrey? Are we giving him too much shine, quite honestly? I think so. I think when he's on the field, he's a dynamic player. He's a great player. And he gets a lot of shine because he kills it for fantasy football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He hasn't won anything from a professional standpoint, but from a statistical standpoint, man, he's a cheat code, yeah. so to speak, from a fantasy standpoint, because he just puts up crazy stats every game he's on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if some of these injuries start catching up to him, he's not a big dude. He's mm-hmm. a strong guy, but he's not a big guy in stature. So some of these hits and these licks are starting to catch up, man. You just don't know you from a Carolina standpoint, they got to be worried about that. They have a good system in place, even though he's out, Uh, but they're missing him and they're starting to fall back. Uh, Like I said, they were, they started out three and Oh, now they're three and three. Uh, So it's good because Atlanta needed that. (laughs) This past Thursday night, you had Browns hosting the Broncos and where Baker Mayfield was actually injured last week. Don't know how long he's going to be out. But, Danny, this is significant for the Browns organization, I believe. You have Case Keenum, who has come in on Thursday night on short notice, went 21 for 33 for 199 yards and a touchdown, and the Browns actually won. Mm -hmm. I think the big question the Browns organization has to ask themselves is, will Case Keenum or can Case Keenum really – take us through the season can he take us take us to the promised land we have a good defense we have a a solid running game we're still trying to figure out the relationship with Odell Beckham Jr. 
I'm still trying to figure that out. But why pay Baker Mayfield potentially a whole lot of money if we can just get a decent quarterback to take us to the promised land? I think the Browns organization is going to have to really ask themselves that question. And I think the longer that Baker stays out, the more the answers are going to start revealing themselves to the Browns organization. Mm-hmm. But I think, though, time will tell. And I tell you what, man, Browns have been heavily favored to go to the Super Bowl. I was high up on the Browns, not that high on them. It's just going to be real interesting to see what happens to them moving forward, especially in that division. That division is wicked. Mm-hmm. And you have Baltimore Ravens and the Bengals. Yes. And the Browns going at it. Um, you can't discount Pittsburgh, yep. but those three teams I mentioned before, hey man, that's going to be an interesting division to really uh, look out after. Uh, but some of the other matchups this week that I'm intrigued with, intrigued by, excuse me, would be the Falcons against the Dolphins. Your Falcons, man, going to Miami, coming off of a a bye and going to a struggling Miami Dolphins team. I have to say, Danny, I think y'all might win this one on account that you're coming off a bye. Uh, Dolphins won last week in London, have to travel back into the States. The time clock is going to be jacked up. And then they got a host of football, a football game. Mm -hmm. If you all don't win this game, Danny, I don't know what's going on in the Atlanta Falcons organization. But if you all don't win that one, boy, something, something's going to have to happen, man. Something's going to have to happen. Another intriguing matchup I see are the Chiefs versus the Titans. Man, that's going to be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen in Nashville. I'm going with the Titans on that one. I'm going with the Titans, man. I think Chiefs are struggling big time. And who the hell going to stop Derrick Henry? Chiefs ain't got no defense. Derrick Henry's going to run all over them, man. Come on. Um, so that's going to be really interesting uh, to see. The other matchup I'm very, very interested in, the Bengals and the Ravens. I mentioned it before about that division. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a very good game. Uh, it's a 1 o'clock game. And, man, that's going to be an interesting game. Or second to the last. This Lions Rams game, I'm you know we know what's going to happen. Uh, Lions gonna get spanked, <laughs> but I'm gonna say this, man. The storyline with golf being traded, no communication happening between golf and the LA Rams organization, and all of a sudden he discovers he's traded. That's gonna be an interesting game. I don't. It may be competitive. But I'm looking for the LA Rams to actually really prevail in that one big time. But man, the LA Rams are doing quite well without golf. Mm-hmm. Ashford is putting up some numbers, man. Uh, so, and we we knew he was gonna put up numbers. That's what he did with Detroit Lions. He just didn't have the pieces around him. Now he has the pieces around him. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and I said second to the last because this other game, uh, I am interested. And well, man, I lied, man. There's a couple more games I'm interested in. I think more so because of the storylines. Yep. Texans against Cardinals. 
I'm interested in the storyline there. You got D. Hopkins, yep. former Texan. J.J. Watt, former Texan. Deshaun Watson, wish he was a former Texan. <laughs> Against the Cardinals. I mean, Cardinals going to run all over them. They're going to blitz them, quite honestly. But what the hell is going on down in Houston, man? It's something with that organization that ain't just ain't right. Mm-hmm. Something's happening, man. And I think these Houston Texans, man, I feel bad for the coach coming into that situation. I'm happy for him because he got a coaching opportunity. I feel bad for him because he's in a bad situation. Um, and then lastly, this Chicago Bears Buccaneers game, Danny, listen, there's so many Buccaneers that are hurt that I think the Bears could actually steal, steal a win here. I think they can still win here. I hate to say it because I'm not a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. But I think the Bears could possibly go into Tampa Bay and steal a win. What say you? Jason, going back to some of the games you mentioned, Atlanta, yeah, that's a game they should take. Uh, but, you know, in Atlanta land, we, we don't take anything for granted. Uh, we, we don't, I'll tell you anything, Grant, until I see zero, 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 zero on the clock to say we actually got the victory. In that Chiefs-Titans game, I agree, Derrick Henry is, is, is bound to have a good game here. The Chiefs defense has been struggling. But the Titans defense is not great either. So if Patrick Mahomes could get on track and get Tyreek Hill going. And Kelsey is questionable right now, but it looks like he may go. If they can get going, they can throw all over the Titans. So this may be a big shootout type game. Uh, And that Ravens-Bengals game, I think, is the game of the week, at least on paper, uh, because they're both vying for that top spot in that division. Uh, And the rest of the games, like you mentioned, going back to – Houston with J.J. Watt. Uh, I'm thinking those are those games, man, they could be trap games because there's so much emotion involved, but I just don't see it. Arizona's still the only undefeated team. I don't see them tripping up in, against Houston. And now to the NBA. Danny, what an awesome, awesome time uh, for opening night, especially in Milwaukee, where we actually raised the championship banner. Not only that, but the Milwaukee Bucks receive their rings. And these are some massive rings, man. Let me just showcase uh, and highlight some of the actual details of the ring. First of all, the top of the ring, you can unlock it and you can convert that into a necklace or convert it into a pendant, uh, which is actually really, really cool, man. 360 diamonds uh, on the ring's top represent the number of victories since the current ownership group took over. The 16 emerald shaped diamonds on one side represent the number of playoff wins, while the 16 on the other side to total of division titles. The 4.14 carat of the emeralds represent the 414 area code of Milwaukee. The 50 round stones on the inner bezel represent 50 years since the team's last championship. 
Uh, let's see here. Part of the ring's design along the sides is meant to mimic the portion of Fiserv form facing the plaza that became the initial home base of the Deer District. Two trophies on the inside shank represent the franchise's two titles. The Larry O'Brien trophy on the face of the ring includes yellow gold at 65.3% purity, mirroring the season's winning percentage, including playoffs. Come on, man. Come on, man. 65.3%, man. How detailed can you get? The approximate three carats of stone on the shank represent the franchise's three conference crowns. The approximate 0.53 carats on the world champions wording on the ring represent the total number of years the Bucks have been in existence. Hey man, this is pretty this is pretty awesome, man. There's a whole lot more in this. I mean, there's a QR code on the inside as you unscrew it, and where once you assign the QR code on there, basically the highlights of the season appears. Come on, man. This is wild. This is phenomenal, man. I want a ring. I want a ring, man. This this is absolutely phenomenal. And then, oh, by the way, the Milwaukee Bucks went ahead and prevailed in that particular game uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, They actually blew them out. I actually thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought the Bucks were going to be so enamored that they um, forgot how to play basketball. (laughs) too enamored with the with the bling bling and just focused in on that but man they prevailed now on the flip side that second game against Miami and because they got blasted by 41 against the Miami Heat man uh several injuries Brooke Lopez was out Drew Holiday was out um Bobby Porter's out I mean a whole slew full of people who were out man but to get blasted by 41 is, is unacceptable but I think it was an early wake-up call. Everybody's going to be gunning for the Milwaukee Bucks, the world champions, and they have to be ready for it. Yep. Point period blank. But what say you, Danny? Oh, Jason, it was surreal, actually, to see that moment. You know, it's on TNT, showcase, you know, opening night, and to see the Bucks actually receive their rings and the emotion from the players, you know, seeing Giannis and everything. It's very cool for them, man. You know, they prevailed. There are a lot of ups and downs last year, especially from Coach Buzz's perspective, him being on the hot seat every other night. So for them to get that and put a cap on the season from last year and now see if they can propel that into a back-to-back, it's, it's a great opportunity. So congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks for that great accomplishment and those rings, man, were like you said, you <laughs> gave the metrics, you gave it all, all the things that went into that building those rings, which is crazy. So kudos to the NBA and whoever made those rings because those things were speech. I was speechless looking at, it, I was like, man. Uh, so I never really looked at it that way you know, like the uh, statistics you just provided, just to know all the detail that goes into those rings and what they did. And uh, the QR code thing was insane, you know, being a techie. I, I thought that was really cool. So yeah, congratulations to the Bucks, And now we see what happens uh, this new season upon us. 
And just to give credit where credit is due, the details is courtesy of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The actual designer of the ring uh, was Jason Arasheman, uh, CEO of Jason of Beverly Hills, who has done uh, many, many championship rings for NBA teams and 12 overall in major pro sports. So um, kudos to him in, in the in that team. And uh, man, this is just a beautiful ring, man. I can't stop looking at it. But on to our preseason predictions um, in Daw here in the NBA. Danny, Eastern Conference then got better, man. This was very difficult to go down a list here. Um, but man, this is really, really interesting here. Um, in the Eastern Conference, I will say this, Danny. You're going to have the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks, in the running. You're going to have the Brooklyn Nets. I think yep. Miami's going to be strong again. Mm -hmm. The addition of Kyle Lowry is going to be something else here. I think something to really be mindful of here. Atlanta uh, Hawks is going to be there too. How much better do they get? I don't know. But I think by them going to the conference finals, I think that's going to add some moxie some yeah, yeah. some swag to them so I, I think and some confidence to them so i think they're going to be be there towards the end here as well um man danny i don't know about the philadelphia 76ers man with everything happening with ben simmons mm -hmm. uh that situation we don't know when he's going to play it was just announced today um that he has um he's not mentally ready to play um and i'll just say this about that mental health is is important obviously um and so i just hope that he gets the best care possible for um his mental health concerns so i'll just say that um, but we don't know what's, when the next time he's going to play for the philadelphia 76ers will it be better without him I'm one to say they actually may be better without him. I know everybody says his defensive presence. I, I get it, but he wasn't offensively strong. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm one to say they may actually be okay without Ben Simmons. Um, the Washington Wizards is going to be good too, man. The Bulls are going to be right there with the with the changes and they made to their lineups and and all. Uh, man, this is going to be very interesting. New York Knicks is going to be right there as well. Mm -hmm. I think the team starts going to be on the outside looking in, quite honestly, Danny. Detroit's going to be on the outside looking in, of course. Yep. Cleveland. Yeah. I don't think Toronto's going to make a push. Mm -hmm. uh, Orlando, definitely not. I'm straddling on the fence with Indiana Pacers, along with the Boston Celtics. I think they will be in the play-in tournament on the lower end seeds, but the likes of the Bucks, Brooklyn, Miami, mm -hmm. Hawks, Wizards, and Bulls. I see them making, you know, making that good run there. The Charlotte Hornets, I think they may be in that play-in tournament as well. What say you? Yeah, Jason, I think Milwaukee, it's Milwaukee's lose, honestly, from a number one seed perspective. 
but I see Miami sitting in that two spot. Um, based on what I saw last night, Tyler Hero has improved his game. He's always he's a good player, and he's coming off the bench now, so that gives them firepower off the their benches. They have a deep bench, so their their uh, bench could start for some teams in the league, honestly. And their defensive presence, man, they look like the Miami Heat of the Alonzo Mourning era last night, the way they're just flying around. And once they get to the playoffs, man, that's going to be key if they can stay healthy. Brooklyn, uh, I see them obviously in there. Atlanta, New York, Chicago. I see Charlotte. This is where I'm torn between these three teams, Charlotte, Boston, and Philadelphia. I don't see Embiid being on the outside looking in for the playoffs. But with the playing tournament, I can see them in that 7 to 10 range. I think Ben Sim this Ben Simmons thing is going to take its toll on them. Not necessarily it's, I think it's more mental than anything because it's just a distraction. So unless they can play through it, man, I think they may struggle for a little bit. And then if something happens in the middle of the season, a trade or whatever the case may be, they may get rejuvenated. Uh, Charlotte is one of those teams I just like to watch. LaMelo Ball the other night when they played Indiana, <laughs> that too was fun to watch, man. So, and then Boston, Tatum, Jalen Brown, I know they lost to New York the other night. I was, that was a great game too. Uh, they wanted to, they go double overtime. Overtime, yep. And it's they they have a good team, man. It's just so I see them all vying for those last positions. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. just not sure yet where Philly fits in until I see this Ben Simmons thing plays out, play mm -hmm. out, and how it impacts the team. Now the Western Conference, Danny, man, listen, I think Phoenix Suns is going to be right there again. Mm -hmm. I really believe that. Um, and then the likes of Utah, I think they'll be there. I'm interested to see if they make that next leap. Mm -hmm. uh, quite honestly, I think Donovan Mitchell is is phenomenal. But I gotta tell you this, Danny: if Utah doesn't make it this year, it's gonna be time to blow that up. Yep, it's gonna be time to blow it up. I don't know what else they can really do with that squad. So either I think Donovan Mitchell would stay on account that you have D Wade there now mm -hmm. as a, a part owner. So I think Donovan Mitchell would stay, but they're going to have to blow that up if they don't take that next step. Um, man, watching Steph Curry last night, man, 25 points in the first quarter. Come on, man. That was just so phenomenal, man, to watch. And we're going to have to talk about eventually in the next podcast, we're going to talk about this 75th anniversary list. Yes. Because there's 76 players on it. Um, and they left off Clay Thompson, mm -hmm. which I don't know how you leave Clay Thompson off. But anyway, we're going to have to eventually talk about that. Anyway, I would say this, Danny, Denver – with Jamal Murray not being there, I just don't know how they'll be in the mix. They'll be in the playoffs. I just don't know how effective and competitive they'll be without Jamal Murray. Um, of course, the Lakers are going to be there. They're old. Mm -hmm. um, they have no shooting. 
Your the late show doesn't have any shooting, man. Basketball is pass, dribble, shoot. If you got two out of three of that, I don't know how far you advance. So that that's going to be something else to really watch. I hate to say this, man. The teams that's going to be on on the outside looking in. City Thunder. I don't know about New Orleans, man. Zion, you know, having that foot surgery. I don't know, man. I, I've been really wanting New Orleans to take that leap. A small market team to really take a leap like that yep. would be great. Yep. Uh, Houston's going to be on, on the outside looking in. Um, I hate to say this, man. Memphis might be on the outside looking in, too. It depends upon Jaron Jackson Jr. If he stays healthy, I think they can make a run probably in that play in that play in tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Sacramento. I'm interested to see what Sacramento's going to do here. If they don't do anything this season, they're going to have to blow. I mean, I don't know what the hell Sacramento is doing, man. Minnesota, man, the West is this deep. This is just going to be a great, great NBA season all the way around. But I would say this, Danny, Lakers, Phoenix, Utah, Mm-hmm. Denver. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the Clippers. Dallas, I don't know about because now they have Jason Kidd as a coach. You know my disgust with <laughs> Jason Kidd as a coach. So I, I'll just leave it like that. I, the Western Conference is going to be unknown for me. What say you? Uh, I'm going to also add the Trailblazers as a playoff team. As long as Dame is there, Dame Lillard, they'll make the playoffs. He's just that type of player in McCollum as well. So I can see them in. The two teams I'm torn on are the Grizzlies and the T-Wolves. They're younger. Exciting to watch, man. That's the thing where a lot of these teams and these first few games watching them, mm-hmm. I know it's early and everyone has their legs and not a lot of people are beat down yet because of the grind grind of the season. But watching Minnesota, I know they played Houston, and Houston's a uh, a team on the rebuild. Mm-hmm. But the T Wolves, man, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, if they can put it together, they can be dangerous. But that's been the problem. They start they usually start off pretty good, and then they fizzle. Uh, so that's interesting. Otherwise, I don't see anything different than what you're seeing. Uh, the Grizzlies, John Morant, <laughs> he's something else to watch, man. He is crazy athletic, and he brings it. So I, I look forward to this season. There's You got the young and the old uh, or the veterans, and the West is up for grabs, honestly. There's a lot of opportunity there, I think, for some of these younger teams to make a come up if they uh, play their cards right and can stay healthy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now on to our trading card scenario. What we got, Danny? So today, Jason, we have Devin Booker's 2015-2016 Panini Prism rookie card for Bradley Beal's 2012-2013 Panini Prism rookie card. Couple quick bios. Devin Booker was a part of the 2015 draft 
Number 13th pick out of Kentucky, drafted by the Phoenix Suns. He averages 22.9 points, 3.7 rebounds, 4.6 assists, and a career 35% three-point shooter, two-time All-Star, and All-Rookie team. Bradley Beal was the third pick out of Florida in the 2022 or 2012 draft by the Washington Wizards. Uh, career averages are 22 points, 4.1 rebounds, four assists, and a career 37% three-point shooter. He was a three. He is a three-time All-Star and made the All-Rookie Team and the All-NBA Team in 2021. Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Hey, this was a tough one, man. This was a tough one. I was going back and forth on this, and you have Bradley Bill, who's man a red hot scorer, man. Mm-hmm. He has some skills. He's just been on a terrible team, and I think if you put the right pieces around him, he could be about something. Uh, and so I'll just say this: um, I think Devin Booker is going to be the next Kobe in terms of the mentality, in terms of the mentality, man. I absolutely love Devin Booker's mid-range game. Uh, it's a lost art. And, and I think, you know, by Devin Booker going to the NBA finals in his first playoff push. Mm-hmm. That speaks volumes, man. The ultimate goal is to what, Danny? Win the chip. There you go. Do it. His very first time in the playoffs. So I'm going with Devin Booker, man. I'm going with Devin Booker because of the mindset, the mamba mentality. But also, he's going to eventually get a ring. And by doing so, the value of his card will go up. I'm taking one of your lines here. <laughs> Taking you one of your lines, Danny. I think the value of his cards is just going to go up, and he's young. Mm-hmm. I realize Devin Booker has been in the league. Uh, let's see here. He's been sixth year. It's going to be his seventh year. This will be his seventh year. Yep. And he's only 25 years old. Mm-hmm. I think he has uh, enough time to accomplish great things. And so I'm going Devin Booker. What say you? This is, I agree, Jason. This one was tough. Bradley Beal is a guy that's been overshadowed his whole career. John Wall was there with him. John Wall got all the shine. Bradley Beal, he was injured a lot too at the start of his career. He had a lot of foot injuries and missed some games. And I think him being in DC has also hurt him from a card value perspective. The dude can put up 50 in his sleep. And he's been the victim of being on a team that underachieved. And he just can't get out of that and until he gets traded, of course. And he's tried, man. He had Russell Westbrook with him here, there last year. But they just don't have enough around him. And he, to no fault of his own, that's where I think I'm going to go with Devin Booker's rookie card as well. I don't have to go too far into Devin Booker's bio, but Devin Booker's on a team. He got the advantage of getting Chris Paul there to push them to take his game to another level. 
Bradley Beal doesn't have that person and hasn't had that person his whole career. So if Bradley Beal got on a team that would influence him and take him to the next level, then I may, then I may at least think about taking his card. But right now, Devin Booker's on a whole different playing field. The value of his card, just based on his last run, the trajectory of his career, and what's what's to come for him, man. He's he's a great shooter. Uh, he has great, you know, nothing's bad about him or his game at this point in time. So I'm going to make this one quick. I'm going to agree with you. Not to say Bradley Bill isn't a better player. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. But that just based on Bradley Bill's shadows from a, a team and not getting that shine, I'm taking Devin Booker's card. There you go. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backportstalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love. Thank you.